Hey everybody, it's Jake, and I am alone in the basement. Uh, for this episode, I'm actually really excited. Uh, we're going to be talking to a guy who is, you know, a big part of the Eastern Tennessee indie scene. You know him from Total Psychopathic Wrestling. You know him from uh, his own show, Hack's Horror Show. It's Hack. Uh, this is a dude who's just so passionate about wrestling and everything about the business, and he's got quite a story to tell, so I really, you know, can't wait. For, for this one to start, and I'm just super excited. Uh, you know the deal by now. Uh, just there's an ad, either listener skip, and on the way back, we're gonna be talking to Hack. So stick around, you know, grab whatever food or drink or stuff you want now. So uh, you can just chill out and listen to all this. I mean, unless you want to pause, you got shit to do. Who am I to tell you how to listen? <laughs> all right, guys, we'll be back. All right, everybody, we are back and we are with Hack again, man. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Of course, alone in the basement, Jake Adams, <laughs> love it. I know, we've been, we've been planning on doing this one for a while, it was just figuring out what days worked best for us. Holy shit, I forgot about it three times, and then uh, I was I was doing some shit today, and I was like, holy fuck, I gotta talk to Jake, and I seen the message on the phone, and I was like, yes. <laughs> it happens, man, as I was saying in the intro, you're, you're a busy dude, you got a lot of projects going on. It's probably easy to get lost. <laughs> oh, easy. Especially me, you get dis- distracted by small things like jingling keys. You know, eggnog just came back on the shelf, so I've been pounding that shit back. <laughs> All right, man. Then we'll, uh, we'll just get started with, you know, yeah. the question you've been asked a million times in your life. Uh, how'd you get into wrestling? Oh, okay. and- into wrestling? Oh, shit. <laughs> Oh, sorry, man. I'm just excited. It's okay. And uh, do you remember, like, if there was any, like, specific wrestlers or, like, yes. managers or moments that, seeing it, you knew you were hooked for life? Absolutely. Uh, I've been a wrestling fan my entire life. I got pictures of me, and, I, and I'm tiny, and I got the Hasbro ring, you know, the little tiny one? Yeah. And it's setting in between my legs, and my legs are not even as long as that thing. Like, uh, like my entire life watching it from like the first time I've been hooked. Like I don't even watch any other sports, you know, like when the, uh, when the, when the batter knocks the puck into the, uh, into the basket from, uh, half of the field, you know, that stuff's okay. But, uh, it's pretty much combat sports. Like, like I love wrestling. Then later on I got into MMA. And then uh, boxing, huge boxing fan, but wrestling from the very beginning has always been my absolute favorite. I've loved it. And as far as people that I like gravitated to, like The Undertaker walked out and he had the uh, the, the spats, you know, the <laughs> like gray spats and a gray tie and shit, and I absolutely loved him. And uh, Vampiro was another one, like Vampiro... The Undertaker, uh, Raven was always a big one. Any of the guys that were like kind of dark or a little bit bizarre looking, like I always like gravitated to. But so it wasn't you, you know, hanging out with Ron Fuller, <laughs> and gravitating towards the Tennessee stud. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, uh, no. I... I wish I could say, like, I, I love Ron Fuller. Got a lot of respect for that guy and all the other guys. But, uh, 
when I was younger, I never watched indie wrestling. I remember with uh, my mom taking me to an indie show, and I was like, this is awesome, this is cool, but I couldn't figure it out. And I was like maybe like six at the time, and there's this giant mass wrestler, and I walked up, shook his hand. I said, I'm going to kick your ass one day, man. <laughs> and uh, I always wanted to get into it. Then we went to uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and when we went there, I was like, you know, seeing, like, Boo Bradley, which was Boz Mahoney, like, staying on the top rope and it broke, and he, like, racked his nuts, and then they had the mummy out there. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell is this shit? But, uh, like, as far as, like, watching on TV, man, everybody says WCW or WWE. Man, I hated WCW. I thought WCW was, like, I was so with WWE and that new generation. I was like, fuck yeah, new generation. Fuck those dinosaurs. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which I think is, is kind of crazy because you got to think, you know, you're in the South and that was kind of, you know, WCW stomping ground for, so for you to be like, nah, fuck those dudes. It's almost uh, crazy. I, I went over to some, uh, some family members' house and uh, it was like Mondays was my church. I had to watch wrestling. I was like, it's Monday night. Can we please change the channel? And they were like, yeah, they put on WCW. And I was like, nobody wants to watch this shit. <laughs> I was like, Stone Cold is doing something cool, and we're watching this bullshit. I was like, I don't care about the the Hogan with the sword. And he's like, Sullivan, I'm going to find you. I was like, nobody gives a fuck. I was like, Mick Foley is three people. <laughs> I was like, the Road Warriors have helmets now. I want to watch that. <laughs> I forgot all about LOD 2000 until you just mentioned it. I was like, have you not heard of the Headbangers? I was like, I want to party with these guys. They had a Marilyn Manson shirt on. These are cool. And they're like, you say Marilyn Manson? I was like, no, ma'am. Absolutely not. I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> So, did you, like, always know from watching that you wanted to be a wrestler? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I had to be, like, nine years old, and I made a bet with my mom. I was like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do it by this age, and it's going to happen. Like, school teachers run into me when I'm out shopping. They're like, oh, hey, Tony. They're like, hey, did you ever get in that wrestling thing? Because... uh, you know, you always talk about it. I'm like, yeah, absolutely, I did. And way more than I ever thought I'd be. <laughs> I did. My, my school picture, uh, we went to one WCW event, and I never had, like, the, the foam toy plastic belts. Oh, man, I had all of them. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we had went, and uh, my uncle um, had uh, bought. It was uh, Matt's dad and me and Matt and my uncle uh, – Big Daddy there had uh, bought. We went to the souvenir stand, and he's like, give me two of those belts. And I thought I just hit the fucking lotto. I was like, did he say two? I know he doesn't want one. (laughs) (laughs) And I got that foam belt, and I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. I had my school picture from, like, third grade, and I wore it. I'm wearing it like my Tasmanian Devil T-shirt and my, my my big giant glasses. I'm like posed like the champ. I was like, yeah, get these photo shots. I'm gonna send these out. <laughs> I'm gonna be booked next weekend. <laughs> next weekend, get booked. They get to see me with the title. <laughs> I remember 
my mom fucking mowing the lawn and running over my IC belt, like my foam oh, IC God. belt. I, I, it is like a family member had died. I'm just, I was inconsolable, pissed off. Because <laughs> those were so fucking expensive back in the day. <laughs> They were, and that thing was like, that was like, I kept it like, I kept like a little sheet thing over it and kept it on the shelf. <laughs> like, had it on display, like, only a few people get to see this, and I'd uncover it, but like, check this out. <laughs> That's like, um, uh, Archie, my oldest boy, I got him like an AEW one, and like, there's times where he's like smashing, and I'm like, no, no, and then I gotta remember, no. oh wait, these are cheap now, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta wait till he's older and then sees like re- actual replicas. Dad, can I have that? No, no, you can't because you're gonna break that no. shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, what was it like training? Oh, training was uh, for me. It was absolute hell. It was the worst, hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Uh, I forged my birth certificate. I uh, put white out on it. And went and made these terrible, terrible copies of it, so you could barely read it. And I was like, "Here, I got the Xerox down at the uh, the uh, supermarket." But here you go. This this is it. This is me. I'm this age. I was probably like 16 at the time. I forged my birth certificate. I go. Uh, these are big, heavy set guys. You know, they're like drinking beer. It's in a hot building. Uh, they don't give a shit that I'm there. They're like, "What? What is he doing? Is, is he? Does, is he like running to go get beer for us? He's not old enough. Oh, then fuck off." <laughs> uh, nobody wanted to deal with me, and uh, two guys did. Uh, beautiful Brian Williams and uh, another guy by Danny. They decided to train with me. But they were like uh, almost like dodgeball. They're like, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. They had me outside and they're like if you can bump on concrete you can bump on anything oh jesus christ i was like okay and i was like uh it was almost like the sal mandini from ready to rumble <laughs> treatments <laughs> they like the beginning of training they're like stretch out work out and i'm dying from working out no they're like get on your knees and then they would kick me in the stomach for like 30 minutes and then they would just beat the shit out of me and then had me bumping on concrete and then when I was all like beat up and they dislocated my knee and after I was all beat up they're like now if you come back next week we'll train you some more and I'm like I just gave you like 200 bucks for this <laughs> but me at the time being that naive I was like I gotta do this I gotta do this training so uh, I kept doing that and finally uh, first time getting into a ring uh, they they took me out partying the night before. So the very next day, they throw me into a ring. I'm barefoot, hungover, still drunk, and I pass out and fall off the side of the ring. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wake up, and I'm in front of a big fan, and there's a cup of water, and it says, drink this on it. <laughs> and then I, I walk over there. Till, the show has already begun. There's fans coming in, and I'm just looking up, and people are just looking down at me. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> uh, I walk over to them. They're like, you're not ready for the ring yet. So it was another, like, two months to get my ass kicked on the patio <laughs> <laughs> before I got into the ring again. And then uh, I, it started from there, like, uh, doing all kinds of stuff. And it was a lot of uh, – 
guys just kicking the shit out of me, and then I would not give up. Like, no matter how hard they hit me, I'd get back up. Like, that was fun. They're like, I'm going to give you ten chops, and I'd get up and be like, hey, give me one more. Like, they're like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? (laughs) (laughs) So then after they realized, they're like, we beat the shit out of him for months now, and it's not working. Like, he's not going anywhere. (laughs) So then they decided me to start – Show me more and a little more, and then that's when it that's when it started, and I was like, it's getting a whole lot easier. But I was like, I really enjoyed that other stuff. Like, can we keep fighting? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like one of those like old school ways of breaking in of like you really had to earn it, or or you yeah. weren't going nowhere. Yeah, and these kids we get now, man, they show up the very first day. They're like in a ring. I'm like, did you pay anybody to be here? No. I'm like, well, you're going to pay me or get the fuck out of the ring. I'm like, they're in a ring. They're like, they're like, I already got my gear ordered. I'm like, you got custom gear? I'm like, man, somebody gave me a pair of boots that I'm like, I don't even think we're wrestling boots and told me I had to wear this shit. <laughs> That's like when I was, I was there with you guys and I saw the ring. I hadn't, I haven't been in a ring in fucking so long. And I looked at it and I kept going, well, maybe I'll go in just to kind of feel it again. And I just, I couldn't. I got cold feet. I couldn't even fucking get between the ropes. And so for people to just be like, yeah, I'm in there. It's like, what the fuck, guys? Oh, man, I feel, anytime I'm able to get inside of a ring, I feel so privileged because I remember working so hard. And they wouldn't even allow me to, like, touch it. I could help set it up, but I wasn't allowed to get in it. Like, I had to earn that. And it's just crazy now how how different things are, even just from when I was like 18, you know, and trying to get in. So it's a whole different world now in 2020. It it is, man. These kids now got a mate. The reason why they're so good is because nobody's beating the shit out of them. I mean, before before they get the chance, which is a good thing, because I mean, the the wrestling now, it's I'm like, I can't do any of this shit. I totally get you, and I agree. There was, a, I guess, a time and a place for it to be as rough as it was to get into, especially when they were way more protective over, you know, the how the business looked and didn't want to expose anything. But now, kind of at this point, if you're just kind of, you know, beating the shit out of dudes walking in for no reason, I feel like you're just kind of tossing money out the window. Because if, if they can make it and they tell their friends, oh, hey, I went here. And, you know, it was really good, and they treated me well. I mean, that's like fucking more money just walking through the door. <laughs> yeah. Now, and, and me, I'm, I'm not that way. Like, uh, Matt uh, Matt will train new guys, and he's a great trainer. They will train. I will not train nobody. I'm like, no. Like, I'm going to get in there and, like, no, I ain't showing you nothing because <laughs> I'm terrible, so I'm not showing you anything that I know <laughs> at all. <laughs> Because it won't take long before they're better than me. And and then if I do get in there with one of them, like a fan, we had a fan who, like, wanted to be in there and stuff like that. And he kept back, and he kept driving me nuts. So we did a convention, and I hit him in the head with the microphone and threw him in the ring and beat the shit out of him. <laughs> and I was like, then I, when I threw him out, I was like, I was trying to kill him. I was like, now he'll, like, leave me the fuck alone about it. But he has, and he keeps showing up. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the same drive baby hack. 
Yeah, <laughs> he, he, he does, but no, like, I won't, they're like, oh, train me hey, how to wrestle. I'm like, no, absolutely not. I'm like, go talk to that guy over there. <laughs> now, we'll walk by and tell them everything they're doing wrong and be like, you're fucking terrible. You suck. You should give this up and go away. <laughs> oh, now, when you were breaking in at, at first, it had to be, in a sense, a little intimidating because I feel like Tennessee just historically has always been such a hotbed of wrestling. You know, it doesn't matter whether you were in Memphis or Nashville or Knoxville, just everywhere in Tennessee wrestling is just so important. So was it, was it hard when you were trying to first break into the scene? Yes, it was. They, uh, they didn't want, uh, they didn't want any new guys to really like break, break in. There was some new guys that were breaking in and man, they were like phenomenal. They looked great. And me, I was not like here. I was like 170 pounds, and I'm only five foot eight, and uh, I'm a little bit nutty too. So they're like, they're like, this kid's real nice. He's real respectful because I am like I really respect everything in wrestling, and I don't just respect the workers. I respect the guys that set up the ring, the guy who uh, does the timekeeping, the guy playing the music, the referees. Uh, every single person involved, if there's somebody's wife that is running to the store, running back to the shows, you know, always show appreciation. But in that early thing, like getting in there, I wanted it so bad. And everybody was like, everybody in there looked like monsters. Everybody was so much bigger than I was. And uh, it was very close, tight knit. And some of those local legends you talk about, I would see them in the locker room. I would, uh, I, I would shake their hand and introduce myself, but I would never ask I still don't do it. Like, you see a lot of the backstage photos and people taking pictures with each other, and you rarely see anyone in them because I was still not asked to take a picture. Like, <laughs> yeah, and that was actually something I was taught, you know, super early. I remember being 18 and I was working, you know, ring crew in Montreal, driving five hours to fucking work ring crew. <laughs> And, uh, the first time I was, I brought, you know, I had to bring, you know, fucking disposable camera with me because, you know, Sabu was going to be there. And I'm like, fuck, I have to get a picture with Sabu. And then, you know, the other guys telling me, well, you can't really do that. And I'm like, why? And they're like, nah, nah, it's, it's taboo. You don't take pictures with the guys work and it's not a good look. It makes you look like a mark. Yeah. Don't be a mark for the business. Yeah. And I'm just like, that was, uh. I always thought that was like, man, at the time, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, now I'm like, why, man? These are memories. Like, get those pictures. And then, of course, you see these documentaries come out now, and you see these guys from back in the day all taking pictures together. (laughs) (laughs) And and that was one of the things. It's like, yeah, you can't be be a mark if you you want to be in the business. And I just, I was one of those things I always, like, kind of, I was, like, I guess weirded out by because I'm like, well, if we love wrestling, then aren't we trying to get into wrestling? Like, yes. are, all of a sudden, I'm supposed to hate wrestling or hate fans because I want to be a wrestler? <laughs> <laughs> this makes zero sense. Yeah, it does. And then, then I watch these documentaries on the network, and you see all the guys in the backstage and, like, hanging out at bars, all taking group photos and <laughs> taking pictures with each other. And it's kind of like, well, they were doing it then too. I, I guess it's kind of like, hey, you're you're just a new guy, like don't fucking bother nobody. <laughs> right. or, or maybe it's just it was the thought then that 
well, if they're taking fucking pictures, they could expose shit. Yes. Which, I guess I can kind of see that, but at the same time, man, I missed out on a picture with Sabu because I was afraid to take it. <laughs> no, but, uh, me, man, normally at the at, uh, shows now, I, I'm so busy that uh, I talk to everybody. I'm like, yeah, 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 and, you know, talking to them, thanking them, doing all this stuff. I, I don't really... I don't really think about that until after. And I'm like, everybody got to take pictures and shit. That wasn't in none of them, man. <laughs> and, and I think that was one of my biggest things, too, is that uh, when I was at the Hollow Wicked show, that was one of my first times being on the other side of a curtain in so long that I almost wasn't sure how to act. And I actually wanted to get pictures but couldn't find myself to find the words to ask the guys if I could take pictures with them. Oh, man, the guys at our show, you walk up, take a picture, they're like, fuck yeah, and they put an arm around you and everything. Yeah, like, and, and it was it was just crazy how friendly and awesome everyone was. Because, I mean, when I showed up, I'm like, oh, I'm just a fat old piece of shit from New York. No one's going to give a fuck about man, this Yankee. Come, <laughs> no, man, you come, you look great. Oh, thank you. I was not finding the words, man. I saw your hair, and I was like, I want to run my fingers through it. I better not ask you. <laughs> okay, you want a side story? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay, so uh, I don't know why my hair always grows up. It's my Jufro, uh, no matter what I do with it. And I've had it at different crazy lengths throughout most of my adult life. And one time my wife and I, I think this, is, this was before we were married. I don't even know if we were engaged at this point. And we're walking through a bookstore and this lady comes up to me and she goes, Hey, is it okay if I touch your hair? And if anyone asks, I usually let them because I, I don't know, maybe I just, I guess I feel rude if I tell them no, but most people will just like kind of touch it and then say, okay, thanks. Dude, I'm not fucking with you. This lady's like running her hands through my hair for like five fucking minutes. I'm like terrified. I'm mouthing to Shelby, like help me. And she could tell how uncomfortable I am and thinks it's hilarious and walks away. So now I'm left alone. Just fucking scared. I'm like, what the fuck is gonna happen to me? <laughs> I I kind of wanted to be that lady, man. When I see you. <laughs> well, well, next time when I come back, I'm sure it'll be way bigger, and you can you can <laughs> run your fingers through my hair. <laughs> oh man, it's a deal. But uh, yeah, yeah, East Tennessee, man, has always been a hotbed. For wrestling and the, the traditional stuff, the uh, the respect thing, like it is very much still strong here, like very much so. And, and but it was just crazy, like how open everyone was to like just come say hi to me and just how just super nice everyone was. I even actually like when I went aside to like change my shirt and stuff, I texted my wife. I was like. I feel so awkward because this is like one of the first times in forever that people seem to be excited to see me and I don't know how to handle this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, man. I, I was I was super excited for you to be there. Like, I know we had people from all over there, man, but I, I was excited to see you. I was like, this, this is going to be great. And uh, every, everyone at our show, man, like, is, is the, the best people. That's all we have there is the best people. It, it really was. It was an experience I'm never going to forget in my life. That was one of the the most fun times I've ever had at a show. Uh, that that crowd was uh, really on fire, man. And uh, 
Huh, they really wanted me to get my ass kicked, but uh, <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> no. All right, I'm trying to find the next question. Now we got sidetracked. Um, <laughs> now, when you were, you know, initially breaking in, who were some of the people that were like really helpful to you when you were, you know, figuring this shit out? Oh man, uh, the people that really helped was uh, Jesus. There were so many. Uh, there were so many guys. This had to be like. Uh, 2004, 2005-ish, somewhere around in there. And uh, after the older guys got done just kicking the shit out of me, you know, that's when we got – there's so many people. Like, I couldn't say I had one person teaching me stuff. It was – I was there. I was in the ring. Like, they see me getting beat up. They would come on to work out, and they're like, here, I'll show you something. And then they're like, let's do this, do that. And they're like, yeah, and and I'm like, thanks. And they're like, did you learn something? I'm like, yeah. They're like, okay, now get the fuck out of the ring. So me and this guy can plan out what we're doing later. <laughs> so uh, it, it was a lot of like, it was a lot of that. And uh, it was a whole lot of guys. It was every day showing up uh, to all the shows and being there early. And there'd just be a group of guys and they're working out. And I'd hop in the middle and be like, I'll be the crash test dummy. Just uh, teach me, show me something, like, please. And it all uh, started going from there. Like, but I, I can't mention just one guy's name because then I feel like I leave other people out. But everybody in the East Tennessee wrestling scene in, uh, you know, early 2000s were all of them. All of them helped me out. Now, at this point, was Matt already wrestling too? Uh, no. No. Uh, actually, I, uh, uh, <laughs> actually, we had, uh, I had, uh, we, we were doing, like, backyard wrestling, and uh, I started a little backyard wrestling thing, and uh, Matt comes over one day, and he just kicks the shit out of me in front of everybody, <laughs> and he's like, I guess I'm the champion now, and I'm like, man, I guess so, and then <laughs> we started doing it more, just, just fucking off, because we didn't have nothing to do, just bored at the time, and then uh, we noticed, like, People started showing up, like driving up cars, and they say, you know, there's like a hundred some people in the yards, like it was like three yards connected. It was packed out with people, so we just started doing that. But uh, you know, it was terrible. But then uh, we kind of took a break from that, and then I uh, started actually training. And then uh, I told Matt about it, and he's like, I don't know. And I goaded him into it, and then uh, he comes into it, and he's like a fucking natural, and he's great. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still like on step one because I have no athleticism, no background, and he's like a star basketball player. And he's like, "Oh man, I can do this shit." And I'm like, "Damn it, dude!" <laughs> Wait, Matt was a basketball player. <laughs> Matt was a star basketball player, like insanely good. Like he has tons of trophies showing that shit. Like he was, he won in one year. He won MVP, best defensive player, and best offensive player. All three fucking trophies. <laughs> Like, yeah, a uh, great ball player. Oh, my God. I, kn I had no idea. <laughs> and me, I, uh, you know, I, like, I'm walking up the steps, and I, like, you know, I skip one of them. I'm like, did everybody see that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I went, like, a swoon motion and skipped over that one step. And, like, like, and nobody, like, nobody gets anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> now, uh, your, your character has obviously developed through the years. 
But when you were first trying to put all this together, what were like the biggest influences you were taking? Oh, the 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 biggest ones was uh, always loved uh, always loved like the, one of the influences. Like I said, like Vampiro, The Undertaker, Raven. Those guys were always dark and sadistic, and I was like, man, I want to be, I want to be like that. I want to be the dark, evil guy. But then I was thinking, I was like, I'm not really like I love scary shit, and people think that I am, but I was like. I'm really nice to a fault, like, <laughs> like I don't even know how to be mean or anything like that. But uh, it was Jake Roberts, and he would give these interviews, and when he would talk, I was like, I love that. I was like, but what if Jake Roberts was batshit insane? Like, what if the Ultimate Warrior and Jake Roberts, you combined those two and made up, like, a promo baby from those two together? <laughs> And that's and that's kind of where I uh, that's kind of where I wanted to go with it. And uh, starting out like with the names, like uh, the the name hack, I didn't even come up with the. Uh, I had so many terrible ideals at first, and they were just the worst ever. <laughs> uh, I live in the. I'll even mention them to you. I love you. <laughs> Uh, I, I love Adam, but I, I tell my wife I love her. She said it off to work. <laughs> it's okay. I get it. <laughs> um, no, uh, I thought of one character, and I was like, I would be a, uh, I'd be a douchebag, and I'd be also like this tool douchebag guy. And I was like, douche tool. I was like, great name. And everybody's like, no, no, that's a terrible name. And I was like, okay, I got it right here. I was like, fuck, master freak, and they were like. What does that even mean? I'm like, I'm not sure. I just thought it sounded cool. <laughs> and then, uh, actually, I was uh, I was doing something, and I had like a I had like these these red boots and these like red tights, and I had like a meat cleaver thing, and uh, I had my head shaved all fucking weird. And they were like, "Hey, man, you got the little meat cleaver?" And I was like, "Yeah." And they were like, "You know, like hack." They're like, you got Cactus Jack? Why don't you be Cactus Hack? And I was like, okay. I was like, that actually sounds pretty cool. <laughs> I was like, Cactus Hack? And then I was like, I don't like the... And I came out to that in the first time, and it was like, Cactus Hack. And everybody said, Tennessee Tack. And I was like, the whole crowd's like, whoop his ass, Tennessee Tack. And I was like, Tennessee Tack? What the fuck is... <laughs> And then I was like, hack, and I was like, I was like, well, you know, I actually, like, not trying to uh, brag or anything, I was like, but on the microphone, I was like, I can talk. I was like, in the ring, bell to bell, I can fucking throw down with you. If you want wrestling, though, like, you've got to get somebody else, because <laughs> I'm not good at it. <laughs> so, being a hack, I was like, that, that works perfect. I was like, I love that, so... That's where I got the gimmick name Hack. It wasn't even my idea, <laughs> but the, the the early influences I wanted to be, I wanted to be my interview style. I wanted to be the insane Jake Roberts. I wanted Jake Roberts, but Jake Roberts, if he was just out of his fucking mind. <laughs> Amen. And but it's not a bad idea. I mean, I feel like we all thought Jake was kind of crazy, but. 
not completely, like enough where he could rein it in where he knew what he was doing and was just fucking with you. And I think that's why his promos were just so perfect because he really didn't know what he was going to do. I mean, he was telling you, but you didn't know for sure what was going to happen. Yeah, and, uh, and, and that was the thing I loved about it. And I loved the way he talked and the way he spoke quietly and did all that stuff. But at the same time, like, when the Road Warriors and Hogan would pop up in Warrior, and, like, Undertaker, his early promos were quiet and dark, and I was captivated by them. But I still love the absolute screaming into the camera. <laughs> like, I was like, I want to do, like, I don't want to, like, I, I, I want to tell stuff and tell the story, get the point across. I was like, but I still want to fucking, like, scream at these people at the same time. Like, that was like, as a kid, when, when Warriors promos came on, you were, like, glued. And as a kid, I'm like, I have no idea what he's saying, but it's the way he's saying it. And it wasn't until, you know, as I got kind of older, I was like, man, he was one shitty wrestler. But fuck, could he get you to watch him yell? <laughs> and I'm still using that today for myself. <laughs> I'm still doing that same thing today. Oh, now... How long had you been wrestling when you decided, all right, I want to do more than, you know, just be a worker. I want to do some shit on the other side of the curtain. For, right from the beginning. Right from the beginning, uh, I, had a, I had a knack for uh, someone would have their gimmick and their name and they did not have a clue how to polish it off. And it was so good, like somebody, I would hear an angle in the locker room or hear an angle somewhere. Somebody told me their gimmick and what they wanted to do, and I'd hear it. And I would just start spitfiring these ideas at them. I'm like, but man, you could do this and this, and that would work. And uh, during training, like, you know, nobody paid attention to me. But when I started talking creative, I noticed these guys were like, Hey, dude, that's that's not a bad idea. Like, I like that. And uh, and then I'm sitting in the crowd, and I watch these guys do the stuff that I pitched to them, and I'm fucking flipping out. I was like, holy shit, they did it. That's exactly what I pitched to them. Like, they they did that. I was like, and that right there, the whole uh, the whole creative thing. But also. Uh, it also stems from when I was in the back. They were like, okay, when you go out there tonight, uh, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do any of this. We got these guys in the main event. I'm like, yeah. Uh, they're like, so you can't do none of that, and this is going to be your entire match. And I was like, well, that sucks. Like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm like, and, and, and I didn't mind. Like, I, I paid my dues and uh, did all that. I, I still, if you if you see me, like, I have custom gear, but they're still jobber shorts because I always, like, I remember where I came from. Fucking pleather shorts forever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I did all the job stuff, but then I would hear, like, and I understand, like, I, I know how a card is constructed. I know the formula. I know how you have to build it with the audience. You 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 can't just uh, bust a nut on them right at the beginning of the show. You, you I mean you gotta stroke the shaft. You know, 
uh, uh, rub the balls, man, before you like get them to swallow the gravy. But <laughs> still, like you gotta you gotta warm them up, you know, before you start going at it with them. I understand that, but so many times I heard so many creative ideals and so many things that would have been like I was like that that would have been the, this would have been the most phenomenal show ever. But none of them were allowed to do it, so it was just like one boring match after one boring match, and then the main event would be great. But I was like, can't the whole show have some fun? Can they have something in there? And uh, also, like, I noticed a lot of things kind of looked the same to me, and I was like, I, I was like, I, I was like, man, I wish there was like something different. I was like, it's something a little different. Like it's. It was just all strictly strong Southern style wrestling. And I was like, where's, you know, where's something weird? Like, where's something different? Like, I, I wanted to see that so bad. Yeah, and, and that makes sense because I, like I was saying earlier, I mean, with Tennessee being such a traditional hotbed, I feel like they kind of get locked into that traditional feel. Like, there's not much outside of that, you know, like old school Southern style. So no, not, not really in, uh, not really in East Tennessee. Like we have some, uh, kick-ass promotions. We have some really kick-ass promotions. We have some really terrible promotions, <laughs> but it's all like, like when I see posters, man, everybody's got these clean, cut photoshop posters and they got the guy and it's got like the impact logo and like the aw logo and i'm like that's cool but i'm not putting anybody's logo on the ship <laughs> i don't care if it is aw or impact i'm not i'm not advertising for them and i don't think if people know who they are then their fans are going to come to see them i don't think i need to like i think i'm downgrading the name when I have to put where they come from on the poster, like I'm like they like people know who they are, they'll 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 draw themselves. I, I mean, you got a point, really, because I mean I can get it. Maybe it's you know to bring in like casual fans, like if they see the logo, they'll look. But if they are truly a fan of someone, they're gonna know where they're gonna be regardless. Yes. So, but, uh, oh, go ahead, man. Oh, go ahead, man. No, you <laughs> go ahead. So, what was it that made you and Matt decide, all right, we're going to start Total Psychopathic Wrestling, and what was the initial goal? The, uh, well, it started out, uh, I had gotten hurt. And, uh, when I had gotten hurt, I, I couldn't wrestle. And, uh, that injury is still with me. That's uh, a lot of the reasons when people come see the shows, like, they will see me come out there and I will fucking have the biggest time with the crowd and do all kinds of stuff, but they don't really often get a match with Hack in it. I will pull some out, maybe a few a year, and then you'll see me in other places. I'll pop up sporadically in other promotions just because, you know, they're asking... Uh, some of the boys are asking, some of the fans are like, wouldn't that be cool if he was here? So, I, so I'm like, all right, let's go do this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll pop up in other places. Uh, or if I feel like I need to, like I feel like if I'm working with somebody 
I feel like they're about to get do something over here. I'm like, holy fuck, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, beat me up instead. Like, take me, not him. <laughs> um, I'll do that. But uh, no, it was. Uh, I told. I, w- I was talking to Matt, and I was like, you know, in wrestling, I was like. Uh, going state to state, town to town, uh, working all over the place. And I was like, man, I kind of flew underneath the radar. Like, guys remember me, but they don't exactly remember me because I've never been the guy, like, when I walk up and meet somebody, I ain't like, hey, I'm Hack Pro Wrestler. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm Tony. And, uh, <laughs> and that's it. Like, and then if they, like, wrestling gets brought up, maybe by them. I'm like, oh, man, I, I, I do some of that shit sometimes, but that's not my lead-in, like, right away. Like, Tony came to pro wrestling, certified CPR, like, I'm here to help. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was telling Matt, I was like, man, I was like, I was like, I never got that one, like, big hurrah match. I was like, I kind of want to do one. He's like, well, where do you want to do it at? I was like, with nobody. I was like, uh... <laughs> Because they're probably got some kick-ass matches on the show. And I'm like, I, I want the one who raw match. So I want to be the match of the match, man. And he's like, well, what match do you want to have? I was like, I want to murder Leatherface in front of the live crowd. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, what? I was like, I want to kill Leatherface in front of a live crowd. And he's like, uh, okay, how are we going to do that? I was like, already oh, got it planned out. <laughs> But uh, I, I, I got a ring. I, uh, I rented a ring from uh, Tyler Jet, actually. I rented a ring from him. And it was a huge piece of shit, but Tyler Jet, I love you. <laughs> you are the man. And I got nothing but respect for you, and I'm thank, I thank you for having that ring. But I went to this bar, and it's like half a building. You know, there's, like, water spraying on a plug on the four-way, and it's, like, sparking. <laughs> the beer's, like, green. There's, like, a lady, like, smoking crack, making chicken out back. <laughs> I'm, like, and it's just, like, there's burning barrels and graffiti, and I'm, like, I walk up, and I'm, like, perfect. <laughs> I'm, like, this is it. And I asked the bar owner, I was, like, can I do this here? And he's, like, yeah, sure, man, whatever. And he just goes back to smoking pot, and I'm, like, oh, Okay. <laughs> I'm like, sure. So uh, we get that. Uh, you know, uh, we get a few guys together. And then uh, I do the match, and it's, you know, just straight up, like, old school death match. And I'm so hyped to be there. I'm just hamming it up with the crowd more than anything. Um, and then I, like, throw Leatherface into a casket. And I start the chainsaw, and I stick it in there, and there's blood just flying out all over, over me. And people thought I really killed him. And it was great, and people loved it, like, loved it, and uh, they all had fun, and everybody's like, we should do this again. I was like, fuck, yeah, sure. <laughs> so uh, so I told Matt, I was like, Matt, you know, uh, we're going to do this crazy little bar show, like, what should we call it? And I was like, should we call it our ship from, like, back in the day? He's like, well, why in the fuck would we not call it our shit from back in the day? <laughs> like, that's kind of what we're doing. And it was it was pretty much just, it was just a spot show. We were going to do at the bar just for the bar crowd. 
just to have fun, and I was putting it on like late night public access TV. Oh, and I, I mean, I had no like we just we had no intentions of really like doing what we did with it. We were just having fun at the time. But then it was like we uh, in the first show we had. Tristan Ramsey, which is uh, one of the best wrestlers in the fucking world, and I'll fight any man who disagrees with me. And if anybody's heard any bullshit about Tristan Ramsey, it's horseshit. He's a good dude. Best fucking wrestler ever. Uh, known him since he was a kid, and uh, he was there, and he puts on an amazing match, like always. We had Cadillac there, who put on a hell of a match. And I was like, man, that, that guy's great. So, like, me, I, I can't work with anybody on my level or below me because I'm like, I can't, I'm like, I'm not going to play and shit out in the locker room with you because I won't remember. Because <laughs> I'm going to go out there, I'm going to yell and scream, dance around, and I will have no fucking clue what the hell we was talking about back there. I was like, so we got to call it while we're out there. And they're like, what can you do? I'm like, everything <laughs> but i don't want to do none of that i was like let's just fucking fight i was like let's just beat the shit out of each other let's let's do that <laughs> and um so i always work with people that are like way better than me and when i work with people way better than me they're like heck that was an awesome match i'm like yeah it was but that wasn't for me it's because that guy had to carry my fucking ass the entire time <laughs> and whatever little offense i do they made me look good doing it. <laughs> and then it's just, just, just getting, just bumping my ass off and just, you know, selling for them, of course. But, uh, the goal was, you know, to have these fun shows, but it was like, I was like, let's do something different. I was like, let's tell these guys that they have freedom to do what they want to do in their match. And I was like, everybody does. And if they want to have the best match on the card, rather than the main event or the opener of the show, then go out there and have it. I was like, but let's let's make this thing fucking creative, creative freedom for them. I'm like, you know, over here, you got to do this, that, and the other. I was like, here, you can experiment a little. I was like, this guy says he's 500 pounds, but he wants to do a hurricane run. I'm like, go out there and do it, buddy. <laughs> Don't kill anybody, but go for it. Yeah, I'm like, you go right fucking head. Like, they got some new idea. I'm like, well, we're we're the lab rats for that. And uh, and it really started picking up when uh, I went to a training center, and there's a bunch of trainees, a bunch of new guys, and there's this uh, rinky-dink local promoter who uh, I don't think he's even in business anymore. And he had no business being in the business to begin with because he was a mark. Uh, and not a good mark. A money mark? No, he wasn't even a money mark. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he, was, he was the wrong type of, like, I, I never say the word mark because, uh, hell, I'm one, and marks ain't a bad thing. He was just a fucking loser. <laughs> and he, he would talk in kayfabe, but he would use all the words wrong. Oh, and I'm like, what is he talking about? And yeah, he had not a clue, but here he is belittling and just, just talking down to these new guys and telling them they can't take any other bookings for nobody else but him. 
I'm like, well, are you going to pay for all the bookings that are going to turn down? I'm like, because if you want them exclusive, you know, that's that, that's a different ballgame. You can't just tell them they can't go anywhere else. I was like, you don't own them. And he's just putting them down, and I'm just looking at this whole group of young guys, just heartbroken. And uh, heart, they're just heartbroken and sad, and they're like, man, that sucks. Like, we had these big dreams, and now they're... Like gone because this was the only guy around going to let us do anything wrestling. And I looked at Matt and I was like, you know, this is this is bullshit. So I fucking told him, I said, I promise you, I'll give you an opportunity. Let's do it. And I was like, we changed that spot show into a monthly show. And uh, the goal now is to be a place that is different. That's why I, I never talk bad about any other wrestling promotion. I don't say anything bad about the promoters, about their workers. I have nothing but respect. I hope they all do great. Hope every one of them do great. But what I put out, what I produce, is not what they put out and what they produce. I'm a total psychopathic is a different breed of animal. Because you got other shows, and they're like indie, 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 indie shows. <laughs> they're like the indiest of the indie shows. And they're like indie star the indiest of the indie stars on the show. <laughs> and then you, their posters are like squeaky clean, perfect looking. And I'm like, that's great. I put out posters today and I had fucking typos all over it. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck man, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll fix that. And I just, but I'm like, you know, the, and then I look at everybody's poster and everybody's posters look incredible, but that's the thing. They all look like everybody else's posters. Yep. And then uh, I'm like, you know, I respect straight up wrestling. I'm a wrestling historian. I can go back to the early 1900s. You know, I can tell you about Frank Gotch, George Hackensmith, the Gold Dust Trio, way before anybody else knew about any of this stuff. I can tell you the difference between a hooker and a shooter that uh, that's, that's long forgotten about. Like, I respect pro wrestling to its core i don't know anybody who loves it as much as i do and uh, every aspect of it it's just in east tennessee it's always been the same thing and now we've got great shows but they're still like that same thing i'm like let's give them something different i'm like let, let's just be completely different i was like let's give a place where guys can can experiment they can do something different they can look different they could they could try a new character they can try a new move they could uh they have some ideas you know i'm open to those ideas and i was like let's get all the people around and showcase them i was like but in a different way and i feel like that's important because at times things can be so stuck in their ways that if you don't break the mold then really what are you doing yes and, uh, like, our show, people think of it as a deathmatch show, but I never use the word. I, I do, we do, like, the match is a deathmatch. It's top, told that. You'll never hear me use the word extreme or hardcore, ever. Like, because it's not, it's not just deathmatch wrestling. It's, you know, when we got so many people on there, you got deathmatch wrestling. You got women's wrestling. You got your catches, catch can. You got technical. You got high flying. It's a buffet. I mean, and this ain't a cheap buffet. This no. is like 
tourist area buffet where there's like 16 fucking bars. <laughs> and uh, there's the gimmick matches and uh, your normal matches and there's something for everybody. And uh, it's not really, it's an adult show, I guess, because of the content and language that we use. But it was always intended to be like just a like freedom show. Like, like I was on the microphone the other day and a fan kept saying, hacks the bitch, hacks the bitch. So I, I told him, I said, uh, you know, until this fat son of a bitch shuts his mouth, I'm not going to talk. <laughs> I wasn't meaning to cuss. I was just telling him the truth. Like, I wasn't going to say anything until he shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, they bombarded me with action figures uh, <laughs> and a lighter and other things. Like, man, I got, they whooped my ass by throwing shit at me. <laughs> It's great though. To I mean to be able to generate that much heat. It's 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 amazing. Yes. Uh, all right, man. Um, we're getting close to the hour mark, so I'm just gonna stop, save, and start again. So just hold on tight for a minute. <laughs> all right, that was easy enough. Um, I love how you mentioned uh before the difference between a hooker and a shooter because I remember when I was like 18, sitting in a room with a bunch of other you know guys talking about what they wanted to be. And, you know, we're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do all these crazy lucha shit. And the other guy, you know, I'm, you know, I'm want to be like late 90s WCW. And someone's like, oh, what do you want to be, Jake? I was like, you know, I think I kind of want to be a hooker. <laughs> and, and they looked at me like, like you're going to be a prostitute? That's your gimmick? I'm like, you guys don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> no, they, they don't. They really don't. I'm like, here, let me see if I can fucking find Luthez's book on fucking Amazon. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like, that's the thing, like the Luthez, the, the Burn Ganyas, you know, like the Crusher. I fucking love the Crusher. Uh, he, he's got to be in one of my, my top tens. You know, smoking a cigar, keg of beer on his shoulder. like Eight pierogies <laughs> stuffed on the front of his trunks. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm like, if I could be anybody when I grow up, I'm going to be that fucking guy. <laughs> and I, I love TPW because, I mean, the brain trust between you, Matt, and Steven is just perfect because it's three guys who totally get the business and totally get what they want to do with it. And I feel yeah, like... Dude, uh, oh. Yeah, it, it works. It works. Uh, uh Matt is like uh, the matchmaker, the booker there, uh, except for his shit. He don't, uh, you know, he don't, he don't, he won't, he, so he don't want anybody thinking that he's pushing himself. So he don't do his shit. I normally do his shit. Uh, Steven there was a missing piece of the puzzle, uh, doing the booking shit. And then the creative, uh, is all over the, the, the creative is almost collective. Like I'm, going nuts with ideals all the time then i will call guys i'm like we're, we're doing this with you guys what do you have what do you what would you like to do what would fucking what do you think would be cool and if they got great ideals i'm like yeah let, let's do it some of these things out there have not been just us but the guys being creative themselves and we showcase that you know, sometimes guys tell me stuff. I'm like, fuck you, we're not doing that. And some of them, I'm like, I'm like, people might protest if we do that. I'm like, <laughs> let's fucking do it. 
but let's do it more. Like, <laughs> I'm like, let's. I'm like, I got. Let's do that. But I got this big barrel of kerosene. Let's dump this onto the tube. You know. So now they don't come with picket signs. They come with pitchforks. <laughs> I mean, but it makes sense, and, and you know, as we were alluding to earlier, uh, the show I was at, I have, I've been to a lot of shows in my life. I love wrestling, and that was one of the hottest crowds I've ever seen anywhere, and I couldn't believe it. And it was so loud as I was telling you guys how I'm trying to do commentary, and I can't, I couldn't even <laughs> promise you that the quality was going to be okay because it was so fucking loud in there that you probably couldn't hear me well. <laughs> yeah. The- and, and, and loyal, loyal fans, too. Like, if I told them we were going to have a show in a sewer, they'd probably get hit and see. They'd be like, that's fine. I'm there. Like, I'll I've wear waiters. I've, I've had shows where I'm like, I don't have any fucking chairs. They were like, we'll fucking stand. <laughs> like, they bring their own chair or they stand up. They, they're, they're, I see a lot of the same faces. I also see new faces. But they're loyal. And, uh... Man, they like what they like, and they don't like what they don't like. And then I always try to tell them, like, this is a bizarre world. We get some guys that are like, I'm baby. I was like, just so you know, when you go out there with this guy, they're going to boo you out of the fucking building. <laughs> but I feel like... like... You're great, but they're going to fucking hate you because they like this guy. And they're like, why? I'm like, because he fucking stabs people. <laughs> And to me, TPW is just different than anything around in the area that it's what makes them stand out as, you know, such an amazing product. Because not only do you have this great roster top to bottom of of just amazing people, but then because it's different and it catches eyes and it stands out that it just makes it this perfect thing. And I, I say it all the time. To me, it's it's one of the 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 promotions that you should really have your eye on no matter where you are in the country because there's always crazy stuff coming out of there and it's a place worth paying attention to. Yeah, yeah and that, that's the thing. We don't uh, – we got, like, the guys that are, like, here that also, like, go everywhere. Like, we have Brad Cash. Brad Cash, amazing worker um, uh, uh, in every – in every way, shape, and form, uh, can deathmatch, can wrestle. He he's both. He is like he says. He's a gatekeeper of Knoxville, and he really is. We have Tristan Ramsey, who could fucking work a broom, and the people would be on their feet. Uh, we have you know like Matt Raby. We have like the Cadillac Cowboy, which is like local legend status almost. Like we have those guys that are staples here in the area. But it's like, yeah, we got them, and we got the, some of the younger guys. We got other people, but it's like, let's. Who are these staple guys all over the country? Who are those staple guys? Like, let's bring them here. Let's put them in a different environment, different style. Well, let's mix it up a little. Like, instead of them wrestling that style, those guys, where you bring in two guys who got a little bit more name recognition. It's like, I'm not. Why would they? Why would they wrestle with each other? Fuck that. Have them wrestled this guy. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 I'm with you. And you guys routinely have John Wayne Murdoch there, who is arguably the number one deathmatch wrestler in the world right now, and he's you know a regular, and he's working guys he doesn't normally work in other places. 
and uh, his match uh, with J.W. Dalton at Hollow Wicked, I can't recommend enough. It was fucking fantastic. And that's a guy, a match you probably would not have expected to see at any point had it not been done there. No, no, uh, no. If it wasn't for Total Psychopathic, uh, th- there would be no Satu Jin, John Wayne Murdoch, Herzog, you know, a lot of these guys uh, in here. Here in Tennessee, there'd be these talented guys that are phenomenal that the whole big group of people would have never got to see live for themselves. And uh, John Wayne is amazing, completely professional. Oh, my God, he, he he's the best. And like our last show, we had John Wayne Murdoch, Satu Jin, and Herzog in a fucking three-way that was just incredible. <laughs> that was that was just madness to see that match. Like, and I'm not saying that because like you know it was at like my show. I'm just saying like, holy fuck! It, it, it it's Jen Murdoch and right? in there. <laughs> and I'm I'm so glad to see that Satu Jin is is blowing up now because that's a dude who was kind of getting overlooked when he shouldn't have been. So to see him getting this love now is great. Uh, Herzog's always just been fucking nuts. I don't know why it kind of seems, at least from my perspective, I could be totally wrong, but kind of when like him and Warhorse went different ways, I feel like people kind of stopped paying attention to Herzog, which is terrible because he's so fucking good. And the character is so fucking out there in the best way that I just don't know how you can't watch everything he does. Man, Herzog, I see him and I'm like, man... It's a double-edged sword. I'm like, I want to drink a beer with this guy. <laughs> or maybe smoke a joint with this guy. But he might also be a fucking real cannibal. Like, I can't, <laughs> like... But he's like, it's like one second he's calm, chilled, laid back. And he's, like, soft-spoken. And then all of a sudden, like, he he's Herzog. And I'm like, fuck, like, did I leave my gun in the car? Or do I have it in my bag? Like... <laughs> Yeah, it's just, and like I was saying, the, the roster is just, it's amazing. I can't say enough great things about the people that constantly seem to be finding their way uh, through the TPW doors. And all the shows are free. Go find them. <laughs> it's not hard to find. <laughs> get on get on Roku, but in Total Psychopathic Wrestling, it'll pop up. Everything's on there. It's all free of charge. Like, uh, I, I on Facebook... YouTube, especially Roku, none of it's none of it's charged. It's all there for everybody to see and enjoy it. Um, we got some new ones coming out. Uh, the Fire TV app uh, is going to be out any day now. Uh, they're taking their fucking time over there at Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reviewing it because I got to watch every single episode, like start to beginning. I'm like, it's it's wrestling. Just push the fucking on paper. <laughs> Right. <laughs> now, uh, you also do more than just wrestling, which I feel like anybody who knows you knows. Uh, but where did you get the idea for Hacks Horror Show? And what have been some of your favorite moments that have come because of it? Oh, my God. 
Hacks Horror Show. Get on your Roku. <laughs> After you get the TPW app, get on your Roku and put in H-A-C-K-S. Don't put the little uh, comma thing because Roku's like, you can't fucking have that. <laughs> and so I just put in H-A-C-K-S, Hacks Horror Shows, and people tell me all the time, I couldn't find your shit. I'm like, you put the fucking comma. And <laughs> I should have told you that. <laughs> Roku hates apostrophes. <laughs> yes, yes, they do. I'm like, don't put the apostrophe in. Just put in H A C K S Hacks Horror Show. But that stems from way back in the day, being kids. Like the same time we uh, we started this. Like there is like I watched like pro wrestling and uh, and I loved it. But then after wrestling went off, fucking Tales from the Crypt came on real late at night. <laughs> And I would stay up and watch Tales from the Crypt. Like, I have a massive uh, Crypt Keeper tattoo, like, uh, and, and, like, Joe Bob, Elvira. Like, I loved horror hosts. I loved, like, campy horror movies, like, like the shittier. Like, not even B movies, like Z movies. <laughs> and, like, explode Like, last night uh, was Thanksgiving, and, uh, you know, my wife had to work a late shift, uh kids were in bed and i was like fuck i'm not sleepy i was like i'm gonna watch dolomite (laughs) 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 and uh i just love that and i would like tape things onto the tv i would play like porn and i would put like hack tv on it and uh video with a video camera and that was always like the dream i wanted to do also besides that and uh when i got hurt and i was out wrestling for a while you know, that was something I could work on, was that, that project. And uh, my favorite things coming out of it, uh, I was just in a movie, The Hike, which I got to see in theaters twice, and uh, I, I didn't get in trouble because I was bootlegging the movie on my phone. <laughs> I'm just getting my parts, man. I'm just getting my parts because I had three roles in the movie. I was like, I'm getting those, but... Uh, you know, doing that, uh, working with different bands because I show uh, music videos and then I show a horror movie and working with different production companies, uh, being in movies, and then I got movie roles set up for days. I'm uh, working a lot with Slash, Slash and Chill Productions. Check that out. His name's Jake Perry. Uh, go find me on fucking Facey Space. <laughs> and uh, don't add me. Just get on my friends list. <laughs> That add these cool people like <laughs> like add Jake Perry and you'll see the picture and he's uh he, they made Tapeworm too and Slash and Chill Productions uh fucking amazing working with them uh Belton Creedmoor has his band Nefaris um we're gonna be working on his uh, new music video soon because which everybody knows Nefaris Creedmoor is a badass in the rink. But God, does he have the voice of a fucking angel? <laughs> he sings the best metal, and then can all like I'm talking to I'm talking to Belton, and he's like bra 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 bra. I'm like, you murdered someone? <laughs> and he's like, no, bra bra bra. I'm like, I'm like, you murdered two people, and he's like, no, god damn it. <laughs> uh, and then he starts singing, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm like in Step Brothers. I'm like, I can't even look at you. <laughs> Your voice is like Fergie and Jesus. Like. <laughs> what a reference! <laughs> yeah. 
you wouldn't think it coming from Nefarious Creedmoor, the scary-ass fucking guy. Like, I swear to God, the first time I met him, I was like, this motherfucker's got razor-sharp teeth and two mouths. And I was like, I'm too afraid. And then I got closer, and I realized it was just an outline of his beard. But I swear to God, he had two mouths, and he had shark teeth. And I was like, holy fuck, I don't fear nothing, but this guy scares me. And then uh, he's like this crazy pagan monster who's just fucking killing people in the ring. And then he sings this death metal that is fucking crazy. Then when he actually sings, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, I'm like, I know I had some acid not too long ago, but I did not have none today. <laughs> and like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> oh, it's crazy. I had no idea that he was even in a band. I'm going to have to look this up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Nefarious Creedmoor. Look up his band, Nefarious. Uh, look up Jay Perry... And Slash and Shield Productions, look up Herzog, look up Cadillac Cowboy, Stephen Burns, um, Tristan Ramsey. Like, I, I can't plug these guys enough, but, uh, but the horror show stuff, man, like, I got on the network, uh, uh, Asai TV, and it's all over the place, but it's like a paid network. And I'm like, man, I'm broke. Like, <laughs> like I, I buy the network, but I'm like, fuck, man, like... I want people to be able to like, you know, be able to see it and everything. And then just like with wrestling, the horror host, I'm like, you know, you always see Spangooly and he's like, this film stars Janice, Janice, uh, dickhead from the 1972 film Blowjob. And she was also awarded. I'm like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> um, so me, I'm, uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm about to show you a kick-ass movie. I'm like, this is a lesbian vampire movie. It's titties and blood. Fast forward to this part. You see some titties and you turn this bitch off and get to the next episode. <laughs> and uh, the, the, the music videos is the funnest part. Different artists, uh, stuff like that. Like, it started, uh, I was in a music video uh, with the Barnyard Stompers, Outlaws with Chainsaws. And I uh, completely, like, murdered my wife with a chainsaw. And then I played that. Uh, and then just working with different bands and playing their music and exposing them to uh, a whole different audience, you know, that they couldn't reach before. And then uh, with the movies, the same thing. And then me, like, the stuff, like, I tried to do in the ring, but Matt's like, no, you can't pull your dick out. And I'm like, I'm like, there's only... And I'm like, yeah, I can. I'm like, let me piss on the front row. And he's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, we're going to GGL in this fucking show tonight. And he's like, no, the fuck you're not. <laughs> he's like, absolutely not. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> but on my show now is a different story. Like, I'm probably I'm probably the only guy to ever get a blowjob on public access television. <laughs> ever. So I'm not allowed on that anymore. That's why I had to go to the other apps and other things. Uh, but, I, but I get to have a lot of fun and then get to work with so many different people. Uh, and I'll, we did a convention in Pigeon Forge for the network I was on at the time. And this guy came with his kid to meet me. And I was so flattered that he brought his daughter. And she's like, yeah, I'm a big fan of the show. And I was like, can you watch my shit? I'm like, really? I was like, I thought it was just like, you know, 
old people fell asleep with the TV on, and that's that's how <laughs> it got any ratings at all. And she was like, "No, I love it and stuff." I was like, "Fuck!" I was like, "I, I didn't have a T-shirt." So I just pulled mine off, and I was like, "Here's my nasty, sweaty T-shirt." Uh, <laughs> no, just 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 wipe that off. I don't know what stuck to the bottom, but it had come out in the watch. <laughs> I'm like, and she shows me on her phone. She's like, I make these practical effects, like wounds and shit like that. And she uses like scratch stuff from the dollar store, and it looks so sick. So I was like, holy fuck! I was like, you want to be on the show? So I like did a Christmas episode where uh, I think Santa's putting Christmas under the tree, but it's Satan. And then Satan hits me in the face with a crowbar and breaks my nose. And I look like Balboa. It looks awesome. <laughs> he stabs me in the hand with a candy cane. And I got this nasty looking moon hand. We had a lot of fun. And since then, I've, uh, you know, I threw her name out there to people. And now she's actually getting work on movies. Oh, doing the awesome. practical effects. And uh, hopefully she makes some money. Because I haven't made shit from anything I've done. <laughs> And I want somebody to remember old hack when they get to the top. Be like, you know, he got me here, hack. I wonder how he's doing. And when they find me underneath the interstate, I'll be like, yeah, I really could do something. To eat. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> if you could just spare fifty thousand dollars, <laughs> yeah, fifty. I'll be right back to where I was. <laughs> oh man. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, get on, get on the Roku. Add total psychopathic wrestling. Get on the Roku ad hacks horror show and uh, oh. please before uh, and don't report it either. God damn it. Like, don't get it thrown off. I've been banned off everything else. Like don't take that from me. <laughs> you need, you need something to keep going for. Yeah. Uh, now uh, your recent turn has seen you get crazy heat. We've, we've talked about a little bit so far, but oh how has this run been different for you, and how rewarding is it? Uh, actually, I've always been really nice. And uh, the last show we just did, uh, last Saturday, it was me. Uh, it was Jason Maples, the owner of Heroes and Legends, and rapper and rock star Jericho from the band Rehab are all in the ring. We done fucked over Brad Cash and uh, Matt Raby. The fans are taking their shirts off and bombarding the ring. They're trying to get in the ring. They want to fucking kill us. They done bought all these Lucha action figures. I get hit with one, so I'm like, fuck you guys. I threw it back at them. <laughs> they start bombarding the ring with action figures. I mean, we're getting pounded fucking action figures and me i don't know when to stop so i'm just picking them up launching them i'm like is that old lady or a little kid i'll knock you i've thrown it at him i was like go for the innocent that really piss him off <laughs> um but the thing the thing went from it all kind of started with with this whole turn was we had uh me and matt being close being brothers all this time and doing all this total psychopathic wrestling stuff together and it was this show that I'm talking on right now that really got me heated because he comes on and Steven Johnson come on the same time and put their fucking selves over 
and do not mention me at all. I'm like, what the fuck, you motherfuckers? <laughs> and I've never been the guy to be like, I don't want credit. Like I said, like a lot of people meet me, they don't even know I'm involved in wrestling because I don't really, that's not a conversation for me. Like I don't introduce myself as that. I kind of slide underneath the radar. But I was like, damn, they did not even fucking say my name. I think Steven did once. <laughs> But I was like, those motherfuckers. I was like, I ain't mad they were having fun. They were talking on a kick-ass podcast. <laughs> and then I go out there and Matt, Matt couldn't make a show one time. So I go out and I wrestle the Cadillac Cowboy. And the fans are chanting at me, you're not raping. They're pissed because Matt's not there that night and I am. I'm like, hey. Fuck you guys. You wouldn't be getting a Cadillac Cowboy match tonight. It wasn't for me. <laughs> Coming out here, I'm like, you fucking assholes. <laughs> um, and, of course, Caddy it beats the fucking shit out of me. Like, <laughs> holy fuck, my eyes all swelled up. I'm like, damn it, what was that from your fucking fist or your heel or boot, man? Um, but no, they're chanting, you're not ready and stuff, which I thought was cool. I was like, man, Matt's so over. These people love him. But I was like, damn it, I've been busting my ass for these fucking people. And they're like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> they're like, I love this show. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm glad you enjoyed it. They're like, who the fuck are you? Don't talk to me. <laughs> uh, but no, this uh, this whole different run, I've never, uh, I've never been the bad guy. I've never, ever been the bad guy. And actually... It was really hard for me because I was like, man, I, I, I never say nothing mean to nobody. Like, I might do a lot of crazy shit and curse and shit like that, but I was like, I'm not a not an asshole. Like, I'm not I'm not mean to nobody, except the guy driving the fucking helicopter right now. Like, he kind of <laughs> pissed me off. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it was kind of hard for me. And I was like, man, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can be mean to people. I don't think I got it in me until I walked out of that curtain and then I seen how mad they were. And I was like, oh, I could absolutely do this. <laughs> absolutely. Like, uh, I'm like kicking at small children. Like we had a convention and there's like 10 of them ringside and I just, I chased them. I was trying to grab them. Man, they were too fast. So they got away. I was like, I'm going to fucking get one of these kids. I'm pushing down in the dirt. Like, Fuck off. <laughs> you know, like, uh, and I was coming out, and this old lady, you know, this old lady's got her arthritis fingers, and she's like, fuck you, pussy. And I was like, I can absolutely, like, fuck this old grandma. And I just, the things I said to him, I, I shouldn't, I probably shouldn't repeat on here, but <laughs> I hold nothing back. Don't think I'm going to be like, you shut your mouth or call you a pencil neck geek. I'm going to call you a fucking meth head fucking piece of garbage i'm gonna call your children little bastards i'm gonna try to kick them uh you know if you touch me i will i will i will, I will fight you <laughs> but uh it's been rewarding because i got to be a whole different uh whole different character whole different presentation you know always always just a you know i always kind of look a little bit like a heel because I wore black, but I had the chainsaw, but I never did anything heelish at all. But uh, now, now I can't wait. Like the whole building just chanted hats of bits at me. 
the entire night Saturday just hacks a bitch all night long from every person. Small children, adults, you know, old people. And it, it was funny because, you know, I'm yelling at these kids' mom. I'm like, you're going to let these little fucking pieces of garbage talk to me this way. And then I wash your fucking mouths. And she, they're like, she can, they can cuss tonight. And I'm like, you should have done a better job. And now the mom wants to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> now she's mad. Uh, you know, I got pelted inside the head with a lighter. Somebody nailed me with a lighter. And they're like, you dropped your crack lighter. Picked it up and I just threw it at the guy as hard as I could. Well, he, well, he fucking ducks, oh, and his girlfriend smacked right in the side of the head with him. Oh, I was like, I picked it up from your. I was like, I got that from your fucking mom last night. I was like, you fucking pussy, let your girlfriend take a punch for you, bitch. <laughs> and now he's mad, she's mad because I didn't hit her. But I'm like, fuck them, man. Like, <laughs> like, like I said, they were trying to get in the ring after uh, you know rapper Jericho. And uh, Jason Maples and myself, they were they they stormed the ring, uh, and were trying to get in there and fucking kill us. They were taking their shirts off. They were ready to fight. And I'm like, holy shit! Uh, you know these guys. I can't let anything happen to these guys. So I was like, so I'm gonna have to fight everybody here. But uh, luckily, luckily, Brad Cash. And Matt were out there, and the fans stood their ground with them. If they weren't in the people, man, they would have came in there. And security was out there, and I was like, oh, shit. And plus, there's, like, act, there's fucking lucha action figures flying all over the place. Like, like, for kids to take their toy and try to hit me with it, like, throw away a fucking wrestler, be like, fuck that wrestler, I want to hit this guy more. Like, we're pretty mad. Like, Hollow Wicked... Man, I, I I got the fuck out of there. Raby and Wellington were whooping the fuck out of them. I was like, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. It was it was fun to watch uh, at Hollywood and you like trying to hide behind people and just just the little things that made it so much better that I think yeah. people don't necessarily notice at first. So I'm just like, this is, this is such good heel work. I was, and people were like, get in there and fucking do something. I'm like, I am smarter than you. I know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, you don't see me get my fucking ass kicked right now, do you? No. <laughs> and, yeah, I was like, fuck that. I'm getting out of Dodge. And I, and our security guards are fucking huge. They are. They're big and dudes. I, and I'm not that big. So I was able to just like, just like uh, you see a guy in the movie, like, step behind the tree. I was like, look, can't see me. Walk right by. I was like, <laughs> but I, I do got to say. Keith Gavin's hell of a fucking worker. Uh, talk about a heel. Keith Gavin's uh, is amazing. And I gotta say that about uh, Mr. Mayhem, Houston Ever. Both those fucking guys completely awesome in the ring and completely took a fucking ass with me for me that night. <laughs> they're, they're definitely two great dudes. Um, having Keith on in December, that one's already set up. I got to hit up Houston and try to set up something for January. <laughs> yes, the, the hollow points. That, uh, Keith Gavins, man, uh, really has a mind for the business and, uh, you know, creative, very creative guy and hard worker in the ring, man. I, I, I've worked him in the ring before, and I was like, Jesus Christ, did I forget to pay you at one of the fucking shows? I was like, Damn it. <laughs> He was, he was ready to go, and I was like, 
I, I was like, man, I blew myself up on my entrance. I can't even breathe. <laughs> Hold on a fucking second. <laughs> I was like, man, I was like, hack don't work. I was like, I fight, dude. Like, stop making me run and then do flips and shit. I was like, what the fuck are you doing to me? Like, I'm in the cross face, and the whole time I'm in the cross face, I was like, oh, fuck, don't pass out. Don't pass out. Don't pass out. I was like, oh, fuck, sell. I'm selling. I'm selling. I'm falling asleep. No, I'm away. I'm away. I'm like, okay. I'm like, take it home. And he's like, I want to do fucking 50 more things. I'm like, fuck you. I can't breathe. <laughs> I'm dead. Like. Oh. And uh, what what a great guy he is, man. Like, awesome uh, awesome mind for the business. So he's so creative. He, he he gets these ideals, and I mean, they're, they're fucking every one of them are great. Like, really good. Uh, and the the last wrestling related question I have for you is: What are some goals for the future? The goals for the future is to just keep giving everybody here in east tennessee and that's the thing like uh, if someone wanted total psychopathic somewhere else and wanted us to come be there fuck i'll do it i'll love the ring up and we'll fucking drive there we'll do it i just want the goal is to have a place where guys can be creative really showcase what they got and uh a place where they don't always have to stay on the pre-show. They don't have to stay at the bottom of the card. Let them showcase their talent. Let them showcase their skill to an audience, and let the people should, let them like they want to do this. They want to do this thing of wrestling. They have uh, everyone has it. They have this character. They have this gimmick. They have this ideal. They know when they're who they're head. They want to be. They want to be the biggest star in the world. They want to do it. I want to give them a chance to show that to a crowd. I want them to help them. If they make it to better places, so be it. But I want, we want to be different. And we also, it's a show for the boys. It really is a show for the boys to be creative and have fun. And And it's an alternative and always be, I don't ever want to be still. I want to be an alternative for the for the fans they're like we we see wrestling we see great wrestling here in east tennessee they get to see these great shows but i want to give them something fucking different i want them something like where uh you know grandma she's like fuck i don't know if i can handle another one of those but that was <laughs> you know the best time ever it's like where the ladies allowing their kids to call me a bitch <laughs> like break all the rules tonight kids and have fun <laughs> It's definitely a promotion I can't say enough great things about. And it's not also because you guys have been so great to me and even allow me to be, you know, a part of it. It's just it's just a great promotion overall and I, I just love being able to watch the stuff you guys put out. Oh man, we are we love having you be the voice, do the commentary. And uh, mainly because you, you you sound gorgeous, and <laughs> I, I sound like Buffalo Bob from you know Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> and uh, no, we uh, no, we loved having you there, man. Because everybody at the show, like we were fans of Alone in the Basement. Like we, like this is a pod, like I've been on podcast before. I'm like, yeah, that was fun. I'm like, what the fuck was the name of that again? <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, it's, it's out there in the interweb now. Oh, well. Uh, but yours is one that I actually, like, I listen to. Like, I, I listen to, like, uh, 
something to wrestle with with uh, Bruce Pritchard. Yep, I listened to that one too. Uh, I love that one. I enjoy it. Uh, I listen to uh, wrestling bios. I listen to that one a lot. Uh, and then also listen to like, uh, oh man, all kinds of weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, but this one is like, other than like two other wrestling podcasts, I only listen to this one. I appreciate that, man. That means a lot to me. Uh, well, then, since you listen so much, you, you know what's coming up next. Um, <laughs> oh, I've been waiting for this. All right, man. Uh, the first one is, is always standard. Grape or strawberry jelly? Brother, I am from the South. I eat fucking apple butter. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, apple butter doesn't get the uh, the credit it deserves. I find that to be... No. If, if, I'm, if I'm at a restaurant and they have apple butter, I'm usually putting that on my toast because I feel like it's yeah. hard to find up here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's apple butter. But if I had to pick a jelly, damn, man. <laughs> Let's, uh, fuck, you want, you want me to tell you which of my kids are the fav- my favorite too? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I would do great. I would do great because we right. always get great. <laughs> great jelly gang for life. Uh, what horror movie as a kid still has you fucked up? Oh, that, that is easy. And that's, uh, Joe's apartment, you know, with the talking cockroaches and shit. That movie still has me fucked up. Like I still have OCD and clean my house (laughs) like a maniac because I was like, that's just the worst fucking thing ever. Uh, Like... Normal horror movies, like, I have the Wishmaster tattooed on me, and I watch them all the time. Like, I remember being a kid watching The Exorcist, and I was like, I want to meet this fucking lady. I hope she's still possessed when I do meet it. Like, no fear from anything, like, supernatural or spooky. Watched Joe's apartment, fucking terrified. I couldn't sleep. I was like, there's roaches every fucking where. <laughs> Here they come. Can- I was like, I went over to my friend's house, and I seen those motherfuckers there. Now they've been come home with me. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> I saw Candyman as a kid. I, I, I know I wasn't even 10 yet, and I had trouble looking in mirrors for a while. I was just so scared. <laughs> oh, man, Candyman. That, uh, dude, like, uh, I watched Candyman. I wasn't afraid until I met Tony Todd myself, and he's like nine foot fucking tall. <laughs> yeah. I was like, and I was like, damn! Now Candyman does scare me. Like, <laughs> I'm like, cause he could like he could kick the shit out of me by just you know picking his foot up off the ground. Like he's insanely tall, dude. Uh, right. <laughs> what land animal are you most afraid of killing you? Land animal? Yeah, I mean, because you guys aren't really near the water. So, what is it out there in the wilderness that terrifies you? Nothing, man. I, I am, I'm a carnivore, man. <laughs> I love, like, if it's not an animal, I'm like, you're going to eat that? <laughs> I'm like, who wasn't alive? And I order a steak, and I argue with, every time I order a steak, I'm like, I want a raw. They're like, rare. I said, no, raw, uncooked bring it out of the freezer, out to the fucking table. I'm like, I'll give you 20 bucks if you can bring that to me. Like, like, and none of them. The only ones around that could really, like, probably whip my ass 
is probably like, uh, you know, the Bobcats. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> or the Bears. But uh, I, I've run into both. I, I, I streaked, and the Bobcat jumped up. We scared each other, and we ran away in opposite directions. <laughs> and then there's a bear. He just got out of hibernation. His nails are all long, and he's all mangy. And I'm just frozen, standing in the road, and he just looks at me. He's like, fuck off, dude. Not right now. I just woke up. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the Bobcats and probably bears could they'd probably get me. But uh, just so all these fans know that I had a fan. I was driving on the interstate tonight. And a fucking orange hit the side of my car, and I heard "fuck you, hack." <laughs> uh, and I was like, "Hey, man!" I was like, "This is my fucking car, you piece of shit!" Like, <laughs> I just got done washing this thing earlier. Like, don't throw fucking oranges at it. What <laughs> restaurant? Oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah, as far as the, as far as the bears and the animals, hack is always packing. So don't be <laughs> fucking with me. <laughs> what restaurant chain do you wish would close forever? Oh, close forever. Fucking chilies. Close them, burn them down, find all the advertisement they've ever produced and destroy that. Make sure nobody ever knows that fucking horrible place exists. <laughs> fuck chilies. Uh, fuck chilies completely. If, if you like chilies, uh, life has been very cruel to you, and I'm sorry. <laughs> if you see the chilies, fuck chilies. I hate that place. With a passion, Applebee's will always be number one in my heart. The best. Applebee's, go to Applebee's, eat that fuck, eat Applebee's, get those Long Islands. And Chili's, uh, don't, even, don't even spit in its fucking direction because it's not even working. <laughs> All right. And, and the final one, the standard bearer of the show. What is the creepiest basement you've ever been in and why? Holy shit, mine. Yeah? Uh, <laughs> yes, my own. And I've been in several fucking basements. Like, I was a weird kid. <laughs> like, I've been in a lot of fucking basements. But uh, in mine, it was all, like, dirt. There's was, like, this little door you opened up, and you, like, fell down in a hole, and it was, like, cut-out hole down there, and it had, like, old shit in it. And I decided to film Hack's Horror Show, like the opener, the very first one. I'm trying to film it. And at the time, I'm setting up these fake rats in the background. And then I'm talking, and I got this fake rat that moves. And it moves, and this big-ass fucking rat falls out of the top of the thing. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Didn't mean to. And you see me, and I'm like, ha-ha, the moving rat. And then the real rat fucking trips on whatever he's crawling on. It falls. <laughs> And bust his ass on top of the faker at. And you just see me pick up my fucking stage with my table with all my props and just pick it up and like throw it at him. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> and uh, my wife gives me shit all the time. She's like, why, why do you always jump away from these? I thought you ain't afraid of nothing. I said, look, I'm not afraid of the rat. I could squish the rat. I could pick him up and break his neck. But they carry rabies and they bite me. I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah, and that's not, like, an easy thing to just, oh, you know, here, take this antibiotic and you're better. That's a lot of fucking work, rabies, and those fucking big-ass needles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, so. But, no, my, my basement, and then uh, we had one when we were kids that we uh, we used at a neighbor's house, and that's where we stored all of our uh, weapons that would, would kick our kick our ass with on the uh, weekends 
we'd hang out there and you know we like lifted weights and smoked pot and we were like let's make a fucking barbed wire bat and hit each other with <laughs> and uh yeah i don't recommend that and uh at all <laughs> like don't like don't do that unless you want to do it at total psychopathic wrestling <laughs> from a live audience then yes <laughs> then it's okay then it's fun Well, man, that's uh, that's all I got. Uh, it's, it's over. Yeah. It's over, Jake. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is actually one of my longer ones. I, I I told Shelby that I was I was not putting a limit on this one. So. <laughs> good, good. Look, I got fucking hack on. This son of a bitch is gonna talk to me until morning. Like, don't wait up. <laughs> uh, so do you want to throw out any of the social medias where people can follow or where they can get merch and stuff? Yes. Go check out Slash and Chill Productions on Facebook. Check out Big and Funky Productions. Uh, check out Total Psychopathic Wrestling on Facebook. You can check us out on Twitter and Instagram, but I, but I barely get on it. Get on Facebook, and uh, you fucking send me a message, I'll write you right back. Um, also, check out Hacks Horror Show. Check that out on the side TV. Uh, get on your Roku. Get Total Psychopathic Wrestling. Keep up with the events. We got another event December 12th at the Smoky, Mint, Smoky Mountain Athletic Center in Maryville, Tennessee. Seasons Beatings 2. We're going to have a DJ. We're going to have the band The Barnyard Stompers out there. We got a crazy card. We got uh, Facade coming. We got uh, James Ellsworth coming. You know, all your, all your favorites. And uh, if you want to come up and talk shit to me, I'll be happy to fucking talk shit right back to you. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Total Psychopathic Wrestling, Facebook, on the Roku, Hacks Horror Show on Facebook. And if you, for Hacks Horror Show on your Roku, H-A-C-K-S, all that, all that shit. All right, man. Well, I hope you had a good time. I had a great time talking to you again. Loved it, man. Loved it. And I'm sure I'll talk to you tomorrow, like usual. <laughs> Yes, yes, I'll message you and be like, man, we should do that podcast again. I think I botched too many words. All right, brother, you take care, take it easy, stay safe, and uh, I'll check in with you tomorrow. Yes, I'll talk to you then, brother. All right, later. Later. All right, everybody, that was Hack. Uh, Great dude, can't say enough awesome things about him uh, in and out of the ring, just just told great dude. Uh, it's the, uh, day after Thanksgiving, so I should probably, uh, mention that and, uh, kind of, I guess, tell you guys the things I'm thankful for, which sounds weird when you say it that way, but, uh, I'm really thankful for anyone who has taken the time to listen to any episode, because when I started this, I had no idea that there would be people who would actually listen to my fat piece of shit ass talk to people within the wrestling uh, community from my fucking basement. It just, it seems, it seems so fucking stupid to me. I didn't think it would be able to even fucking work. And, uh, somehow it is. And I'm super appreciative. And always, I'm super appreciative of my wife who puts up with my shit, uh, who is currently messaging me to bring her up some leftover apple crisp with whipped cream on it. Apparently that, that has to be there. The whipped cream has to be there. <laughs> and my, my, just my kids. They're they're the best. I love them so goddamn much. And I love all you guys. And uh, I hope you had a good holiday if you celebrate. If not, I just hope you had a good fucking day.
So all you guys take care. Stay safe. I love you. And I'll catch you the next time. Bye. Hey, guys. Sorry for this last bit at the end, but it's important. And it was at the request of Hack. And it's it, it does. It's something that's got to be said. I know I touched on it last week. But again, um, the world is really mourning and, and missing Colt 45 right now. And he was a real integral part of total psychopathic wrestling. And he meant a lot to so many people there and so many people in that part of the country. And it's still uh, a shame that he isn't with us anymore. And uh, we would just appreciate if you could, you know, again, find that, uh, oh, sorry, guys, um, find the, uh, the GoFundMe that his family is circulating to help with some of the costs of his passing and it would really be appreciated because uh, I know that they're really looking for some help right now. And uh, it always sucks when you lose someone, uh, especially when it was so sudden. So again, uh, rest in peace to Colt 45. And uh, this show is, is dedicated to him. And I know that at all future TPW events, they're always going to have uh, a bandana there for him. So again, just, you know, think about him. Uh, don't let his memory fade, and if, if you got anything you can kind of spare in, in the holiday times to, to help out his family, that'd be awesome. So, take it easy, guys. Uh, you know, cherish your loved ones. Tell me you love them. And uh, I love you guys. I'll see you soon.